Soften your senses. Ways to become a better speaker, listener, and follower. Carbon monoxide poisoning is a very real danger. Learn more at thejenkinsfoundation.com. All right, thanks everyone for joining us. We're, um, we're spending some time with Chris Halshilt to discuss a big misperception in our industry, to try to relearn something that should be around us every day and is typically not. So Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you have an amazing story. Let's talk about your life, how this has impacted you and the efforts that you are pushing forward in our industry to bring awareness to this scenario. Sure, and thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Chris Hauschild. I am with the Jenkins Foundation, which is a carbon monoxide awareness and advocacy nonprofit based in Washington State. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a lot of uh, national uh, focus as well. But uh, I got into this uh, because my parents both died of carbon monoxide poisoning in a hotel room oh, when wow. they were on vacation in Boone, North Carolina about 10 years ago. Wow. So the foundation is named for them, Daryl and Shirley Jenkins. And that's how I became involved in this topic and uh, have been working on it uh, since that time. Okay, so you didn't start in HVAC. You were brought into the HVAC industry. Right, right. Which brings a very wonderful perspective that many of us don't always have. You know, so many times um, as technicians, uh, you know, we do the same things over and over, like life in general. We do the same things over and over, and sometimes we don't step back and have a different perspective. So I always enjoy having a, a what I would say, a third party, an outside perspective of how things are going within our own industry and even as a reflection of our own practices. Um, such a tragic story, but an opportunity to teach and educate, and that's exactly what you're doing. And we're so, so grateful for this. Uh, so what proceeded after that? What changed your perception of the HVAC industry? Well, what we came to learn uh, after my parents died, uh, and, and actually I should say that uh, their deaths weren't identified as being CO related okay. until there was a third death in the same hotel room. Oh, really? Several weeks later, an 11-year-old wow. boy. Uh, he and his mom had both been placed into that same room and the CO leak had not been identified. Uh, the investigators were waiting for results of the toxicology testing on my parents' blood and uh, the hotel uh, put someone else into the room. And so the, the boy lost his life. His mom uh, was permanently injured as a result of the CO leak that That's was still horrible. going on into the room. Right. And it was only after that incident uh, that it was investigated properly. Sure. And we became aware of uh, all of the circumstances that led to that happening, uh, which was really a series of events involving uh, the natural gas-fired pool heater that was located directly below the room uh, that was attached to, not only that had uh, problems itself, but was attached to uh, an exhaust system that was corroded, uh, an inoperable exhaust fan um, on the outside of the building. So uh, a lot of different pieces that came together to result in um, very high levels of CO being discharged into the hotel and specifically that room. Uh, that coupled with the fact that 
the hotel was not required to have installed CO detection, exactly. so nobody knew what was going on. Sure. Uh, nobody could appreciate why two people would be dead at the same time uh, in the same room. Uh, that that was very uh, eye-opening to us that uh, not only it was allowed to happen at that facility, but we came to appreciate a larger picture of the fact that the state didn't have requirements for hotels to have installed CO detection. And really, uh, that was not unusual across the U.S. Um, few states at that time had requirements in place, and still there are a lack of requirements for hotels to have installed CO detection, even if they have uh, gas-fired appliances uh, installed. And at that hotel, they had not only the gas-fired pool heater, they had gas dryers, gas water heaters, uh, gas fireplaces in the guest rooms. Uh, so just really uh, amazing. A variety that, of gas uh, appliances. Right, and no protection for the air in the building um, or the occupants. Um, so, so, so that was kind of where we started um, as far as our awareness of the fact that the safety industry was not, not up what, to par. Yeah, not what we thought it was. Exactly. I'm really curious about the um, the, the heater for the, the pool because those are typically items, you know, that um, are getting regular maintenance. Was it a an old heater that just hadn't been maintained in years or what was a what was the conclusion of that scenario? So the pool heater had been replaced uh, at least a couple of times and this particular pool heater had been installed used the hotel okay. owned several other hotels uh, the pool heater that had been there uh, was broken in some way and they moved this pool heater from another hotel uh, the hotel maintenance workers moved it and installed it uh, of course not licensed uh, to do it oh, sure. it had after that been converted about a year before my parents died had been converted against manufacturer's instructions from propane to natural gas. Uh, and then further, uh, it had had issues and the person that had been uh, quote unquote servicing it uh, was not commercially licensed. Sure. So uh, there were a number of things that, uh, you know, in terms of that appliance uh, that, that were problems. There was also evidence they had been attempting to change out the gas valve uh, and in addition to that, the problems with the exhaust system, uh, the, the exhaust system, they had uh, pool chemicals stored in the uh, in utility the room. highly corrosive. Right, sure. highly corrosive. Uh, so this, this vent system went across the ceiling of the pool room, uh, you know, hidden behind the ceiling tiles, so nobody could really see it, although oh, it was staining right. on the ceiling tiles. Oh, no kidding. Uh, and the obvious evidence that the hotel maintenance people had been up there at different points, um, you know, had ice, hotel ice buckets actually under the ductwork, catching the condensate that was leaking out of the holes wow. in the ductwork, um, a VHS tape stuck underneath the uh, part of it to support the... Uh, places where it was um, crumbling or the supports were gone. And then the inoperable exhaust fan uh, on the outside, which wasn't even wired into the uh, pool heater itself. So the, you know, carbon monoxide uh, was was coming from a lot of different places and then accumulating in that ceiling space. Sure, over time. Right, and when they did the testing afterwards, uh, found that it was gaining entry into the room through uh, an unsealed opening in the firewall where the piping for the gas fireplace oh, went oh through. Oh my gosh, wow. And then the other Compound entry, issues. yeah, the other entry point was from the um, 
I believe they're called the PTAC units yeah, under yeah, the window the of the room. Uses, yeah. So there was an unsealed um, area around that unit and the exhaust um, fan vent for the pool heater was right below uh, where that intake was. So um, whatever was managing to make its way out to the outside was actually being drawn, drawn back, back in internally. around that unit below the window. So those were the two entry points. Uh, and then that coupled with an always-on fan yeah, in the bathroom constantly created... constantly circulating, drawing negative pressure right, on the Right, interior. the negative pressure was a, a factor. So, yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. And these are things we don't always talk about in our industry. You know, many times, you know, we... We get education on proper installation and commissioning. We hope that there are standards set in place that are accepted um, locally, nationally, but we've, we know that there are scenarios in our industry. So let's talk a little bit about the detection because as a consumer, I would assume that any time that I'm placing my livelihood in the sleeping quarters of another facility, a commercial facility, there should be some basic monitoring of air quality within that facility. Um, what has been the what's been the results of that? I know you've done a lot of studying on this particular topic. Uh, I have. Uh, it, the, immediately after uh, these two incidents happened, the state of North Carolina developed uh, legislation requiring uh, CO detection in hotels. But similar to the limited other states that actually require it through legislation, it's only required in certain places of the building. So really? uh, right. it's seldom that you will find a, a hotel that has CO alarms in every guest room. They're usually centered around uh, a, a fuel-fired device in a facility. Uh, so the, the what limited requirements are in place uh, are limited within the building itself. Further, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, states that follow, for instance, the International Fire Code exactly. or NFPA codes. Right. And so I've gotten involved in those codes in, in, in hopes of getting kind of a national focus on this sure, issue. Sure, standardization since, of some since, kind. Right, since hotels are in every state. Yeah. Uh, and kind of a baseline requirement for all of them to have it. And what, uh, what I discovered when I started out was that most of the requirements existed only for new facilities. There weren't requirements for existing buildings. Okay. Um, those are the hardest to get in place. Sure. So our older um, buildings that are already in place when codes were finalized may not apply. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, and of course, those are the buildings that are most in need of detection sure. because they have the older appliances, outdated construction. Uh, so that was very surprising. And uh, it was able to uh, uh, enter a code proposal into NFPA 101 to get a requirement for existing hotels Wonderful. in that code. They only had requirements for new buildings. So that went into effect in 2021. Oh, good for you. Um, however, those national codes only become effective if states adopt them. Exactly, which not so, everyone does. Right. We're having right. that exact same issue with our refrigerant transition with A2L mildly flammable refrigerants right now. So that's another misperception um, in our industry is that the entire country follows a particular building code, and that is not the truth. It varies. It varies by location. widely. Right. And they, you know, they'll uh, sometimes adopt the code, but only. Uh, you know, kind of cherry pick from what's in it, not the, exactly. the whole chapter itself. Uh, and then there are states who, uh, you know, the counties and local municipalities are allowed to develop their own requirements. Right. They can accept it or they cannot, or right. they can improve upon mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So there's really no guarantee and unfortunately no way to tell uh, if you travel whether you're staying 
in a uh, facility that's safe or whether they have requirements that, that are reliable. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Well, we met through um, our mutual friend, Bob Dwyer, who is one of the largest advocates of carbon monoxide detection and CO measuring. And what we find is that as we are building tighter structures and as we are moving towards the future, we're not always looking at the requirements of monitoring and measuring. If we look in the residential application, we see a lot of um, new development in IAQ or indoor air quality measuring, monitoring things like carbon monoxide, CO2, volatile organic compounds, particulates that are in the air, uh, but we don't see anything on the commercial side. You know, and you even mentioned you know, that there was a, a fireplace inside of the hotel room. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine not having a requirement for carbon monoxide detection for a fireplace. Mm-hmm. So what are you finding? Are you finding acceptance in the industry? Are you finding resistance to changing some of these norms and stereotypes that we've had for many years? Well, it's been a challenge and and certainly the kind of the stereotypes that go along with carbon monoxide, the the general uh, uh, kind of perception out there is that there's a lot of victim blame around carbon monoxide, right. that people should know better, that if you're in your home, you should know not to bring a generator in or you should have carbon monoxide alarms. Uh, well, when you, uh, you know, which that shouldn't be, that's obviously a failure of our safety system sure. if people are dying of this um, and their homes are being injured. Uh, but when you transition that thinking to a commercial facility, that really doesn't apply. It's, it's not reasonable to expect an occupant of a commercial building to know what CO hazards exist within that building or to know if there are detection devices in place. Uh, you know, in addition to that, you know, we're really, uh, especially in a hotel situation, um, anywhere really, we're kind of uh, lulled into thinking that there are safety features in place. You know, we see exit signs, we yeah. see uh, labeling on elevators, don't use the elevator in, in, you know, in a fire, there's evacuation maps right. posted. Uh, there's really nothing that addresses uh, CO safety. Um, even when uh, first responders respond to an incident involving an injury, uh, there's nothing that they can go to that shows that, oh, there's a gas-fired appliance oh, down so on true. the lower level, right. and this, these injured people are right above it. Or, uh, you know, there, There's not that type of thinking um, in place currently for uh, carbon monoxide safety in these buildings. So um, that, I guess, is part of the, the, the missing piece of, of what's out there. I'm not sure if that answered your question. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You know, one of the um, one of the opportunities I've had recently is to speak to a um, a company that is focusing on monitoring air quality. They're right now uh, focusing on schools, so they have started pilot projects in Denver where they monitor individual rooms for air qualities and have it as public access for the parents. So, so they can actually, on the website, through the portal, they can look at air quality. And we're talking CO, CO2. We're talking volatile organic compounds and the different particulate sizes of matter in the air. And I think if we start looking at it from that mentality, it, it would be an assurance of the quality of a space we're going into. We've measured with our own uh, friends of the industry excessively high levels of, um, of COs and CO2s in public spaces that we would have assumed should have been a uh, secure place for us to be. 
So the goal, I would say, would be for adoption and promotion of things like that. I mean, even thinking about a hotel. Um, you know, we have so much digital technology to show us prices and availability of hotel rooms. If I could look at a an app that showed me the price of the rooms but could also show me the air quality of that particular room, I would pay a lot of attention to the air quality of that environment. So Absolutely. I think I, I see an opportunity for technology to help push this front forward because it, uh, it the conversation really struck me um, as an HVAC refrigeration technician because I hadn't thought of it myself. Mm-hmm. I think about how many times that I travel and don't feel well. How many times you stay in a hotel and wake up with a headache and mm-hmm. go, eh, it must just be the mattress, must just be the pillow. Right, right. And have yeah. no way of actually knowing ourselves. Yes, and there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of information out there about the symptoms of, of CO and being aware of those. But the reality is, the symptoms of carbon monoxide mimic so many other things. Right. Uh, people seldom realize that the, what they're experiencing is as a result of exposure to carbon monoxide. Most people think, you know, they have food poisoning, they ate something bad, right. they're coming down with a migraine, coming down with the flu, COVID. Uh, people don't generally tend to think, oh, I have a headache. I must be being exposed to carbon monoxide. Yeah, don't really lean towards the appliances that are in our space that we assume are safe and monitored. Right, right. And there's um, that's a good point that you bring up about you know being aware of the air quality. It would also be nice if there was transparency in the system, uh, particularly with hotels, uh, that would disclose to people whether they had CO detection yeah, on any site. kind of detection. Right, uh, and that doesn't currently happen. Uh, in contrast to that, um, for instance, in the vacation rental industry, Airbnb uh, uh, promotes that. The hosts uh, have to disclose that on their um, uh, on their, their connecting site, right? Yeah. And they encourage the host to have them. Uh, Airbnb, I believe, also has a policy where they'll provide free CO alarms to host oh, wow. if they want them. So that's entirely different than when you're talking about the commercial, the commercial sector, right? Yeah. Where you don't have the ability to, to make a choice based on the safety amenities that are that are in the facility. I am absolutely excited about what you're doing. You know, this brings the consumer perspective to our industry and really pushes for a lot of um, you know, validation of systems that should be in place and accountability. Mm-hmm. And I really, uh, I, I look forward to seeing how that progresses. For our listeners, are there things that they can do to help promote this effort and help to bring more awareness to the lack of monitoring that we have in many of our commercial buildings? Absolutely, and I, 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 sh- I should point out too that you know this really is an issue for any commercial facility. Sure. You know there have been there have been deaths in restaurants. Um, there was uh, there were deaths in New Jersey in a recording studio. Uh, this can happen anywhere. Uh, deaths of employees uh, that you know go into these uh, boiler rooms right. and walk into this huge level of carbon monoxide. So those are all really important things to be aware of as issues, either as an occupant of that building or as an HVAC technician walking into work on an appliance. Uh, Definitely encourage 
uh, if you don't already carry uh, detection with you, that that's an important thing to have for your own safety. It's also good uh, information to communicate to the facility as well, uh, because there aren't standards or requirements in place for employees of commercial buildings to be trained or even know about carbon monoxide, even if they have fuel-fired appliances on site. So, uh, so yes, the awareness of that um, the, the simple discussions, I would say, you know, any discussion that you have with anyone promoting knowing about the dangers of unmonitored gas-fired appliances, you can literally save someone's life with that information uh, by communicating that, you know, there are carbon monoxide alarms out there. This is important to monitor this device because you won't know that carbon monoxide is present otherwise uh, without this, uh, this alarm or detection device to alert you. So discussions go a long ways, even just, um, uh, you know, talking to people about that. And then, of course, as a as a consumer, um, you know, to be aware of that for yourself and your family. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we always carry a carbon monoxide alarm with us when we travel now. I, I would never stay in a hotel without it. Uh, there are, uh, there's more than just the story of what happened uh, to my family. Uh, you know, after it happened, we did a lot of researching. There's a lack of data surrounding these incidents. Sure. Uh, and we found that these, uh, they are happening frequently and more than what we hear about in the news. No, there's, they may not be even get investigated if there wasn't a suspicion of something. Exactly. A lot of them, uh, you know, safe to assume that, you know, deaths are being ruled as something else. You know, right. my, natural my causes. parents were very close to being ruled as uh, natural deaths. They wow. thought they both had heart attacks. Uh, and so uh, those are all things that, again, we, we don't normally think about but are so important uh, to be aware of and to keep ourselves and our families safe. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. And for those that are looking for education for your classrooms or even for yourself, we encourage you to go to uh, our escogroup.org and take a look at the training materials. We have carbon monoxide safety in books and um, e-sources. So educate yourself, become more aware, and help change the misperceptions we have of carbon monoxide detection. Thank you. Thank you, Chris.